Welcome to Season 3 of the M-W Tactical Podcast. Sit back and enjoy the conversations with the mad scientist and myself as we discuss the sport of shooting, goals, training, and everyday life. You are listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. All right, good people. If you ain't guessed it by now, you probably figured it out. We're back. Season We're back. Of the <laughs> M-W Tactical Podcast. And of course, sitting across from me is the mostest with the hostess, my brother from another mother, the mad scientist himself, Dave. <laughs> What's going on, Dave? What's going on, Mike? It's been a while. We're um we're we're back at it again, man. I'm, and I'm excited for it. Yeah, I'm happy to be back. Um, at the same time, all the shooting we've done. Oh my goodness, it was a lot to talk about to go over. And, yes, and it was like something had to give because the stress was building up. So you know, since the last time we spoke on the show, we done Area Six, North Carolina State match, Georgia State match. I did a few steel challenges matches and then we just returned from nationals. So. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we did a lot. We had a lot going on and yeah, something did, did have to give. Um, yeah, so, but just like anything else, um, I want to go ahead and talk about everything in order building up to nationals. So um, like I said, we got a lot to talk about because um, we are actually got our hands into the South Carolina sectional that's taking place here in South Carolina, well, Belton, South Carolina, the 30th of April to the 2nd of May. And that's going to be pretty fun. Yeah, I think so. I'm not sure how we got suckered into that. I think Lucky Gray had a little bit to do with that. No, oh, I'm going to make them pay at the Toys for <laughs> match. That's coming up. <laughs> that's going to be payback, the, the butt whipping. Oh, I hope no one's forgot about that. <laughs> yeah so um i can't remember what it is is it i think it's five to six in lucky's favor so um okay hopefully what will take place is on november 7th we're talking about going up to spartanburg and shoot uh, i didn't catch it if lucky said he was coming or not so hopefully if he happens to shoot that match that will make it good and then we will be um six six and then Toys for Tots would be the tiebreaker. Oh, that would be good if you could tie it up. Yeah. And then yeah. the whole big Toys for Tots match that we've been talking about all year yeah. would be the tiebreaker. That would be awesome. Yeah, we'll see totally, if we can make that work. Yeah, I totally agree with that one because, you know, a lot of people look forward to the area matches. A lot of people look forward to going to nationals. But the one match that I actually look forward to is the Toys for Tots match that is taking place at Mid-Carolina Rifle Club in Columbia, South Carolina. So this is something that's local to us, and um, I really look forward to it as well. It's uh, Linda Chico does a fantastic job with, with this match, and it's all for charity. Every bit of the money goes to charity um, with the um, – marines uh toys for tots program that they have going on they're, they're allowing uh, or, or asking for donations for for toys usually we end up with like trailer load full of toys and there's uh you know monetary donations that go into it um and it, i think 
we're actually one of the biggest uh, donators in the area for Toys for Tots after the match. From what she's told me, I think I think she raises more money than than anyone else in the, in the area. Yeah, I can actually say it is very fun. Um, you're given to a great cause. But before I say anything else, um, I did forget to say at the beginning that this episode of the M-W Tactical Podcast is brought to you by Lead Star Arms and Palmetto State Armory, who are the title sponsors for the 2021 South Carolina Sectional USPSA Championship. Yes, definitely. Uh, we took, definitely did not forget them. Um, they've been they've been part of a couple uh, SC section matches in the past, and they've come on board again and are the title sponsors for our 2021 match coming up, you know, in a few months, actually. Yeah, so it's going to be here before you know it. And um, and like we already said beforehand, we both have our hands into the mix. Well, you got your hands more into it than what I do. Um, I don't know, man. You got a lot going on, too. We're, yeah. we're... But my, my whole thing is just asking people questions, and I either get yes or no, and then I just move to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> You got a lot more politicking to do because what you got to deal with is people going to gripe and complain about this and about that and why are we doing this compared to that and last year was done like this and we swam over here. <laughs> we, we did some, some mud wrestling and some swimming last year for sure. Uh, We're not going to do that this year. <laughs> yeah, That's not part of the SC match anymore. Yeah, let's hope so anyway. <laughs> But um, let's go ahead and talk about leading up. Let's lead up to nationals. So since the last time we spoke on the um, M-W Tactical Podcast, we took a break and then we went into Area 6. Yeah. So now to let everybody know, I was all confused about Area 6. First of all, I went into it. I didn't even realize it was um, a level two match or was it a level three match? Yeah, it's a level uh, three match, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it is. Yeah. The, the area matches are. Yeah, but I was considering it to be lower than what it was. So I think that was one reason why I went into it very relaxed. And then the other. Well, that's, it, that's good. Yeah. I mean, there's no reason to get stressed about it. Well, I got stressed about nationals. <laughs> but, um, and then too, where we was at, at area six, I was thinking we was at where nationals was supposed to be at, but everybody kept saying, no, no, it was a different location. So we were close. It, we're both in Florida. Area six was in Volusia County, Florida mm -hmm. at, uh, Manny and Gorka's range. Um, about two hours from where we shot the nationals. Right. So we were close, not far off. Yeah, I mean, but like I said, I, I was so focused on the match, everything else didn't make sense to me. <laughs> so that's how well, I mean. it's a big match. It's a, it's a big deal. Yeah. So Area Six was my first area match shooting competition wise um, within USPSA. And, you know, all the preparation leading up to it, I felt. I did pretty good going into it, you know. Um, so what, what did you think about it from your perspective? I've shot this one. This was my third year shooting Area 6, but a lot of people, I, 
I feel like maybe intimidated going into an area match. Is is that justified or should they not be so concerned about it? It's just another match. What what did what do you think? Um, the area six match to me, it was fun. I wasn't intimidated in no type of way. Um seeing a couple of pros out there, you know, it just made me smile to say, okay, I get to shoot next to these people, but I know I'm nowhere near their skill level, but I can still learn from watching them. Um, at the same sure. time, um, like I said, I just went into it relaxed only because I was thinking the match was lower grade than what it really was, you know? So, you know, it's just like a local match. You shoot a local match. You're more like, okay, I'm just going to focus on this. I'm going to focus on that. That was my mindset going into area six, you know? So depending on the stage, I knew, okay, I got to work on getting low or I got to set and then focus before I transition to the next. Cause you, you know, you get to walk the stages the day before. So I, I think I went in with a solid game plan of studying the matchbook, which everybody keeps saying the matchbook never matches. <laughs> the actual stage plan uh, rarely it does i mean you get a decent idea of what to expect but yeah but it's not going to be identical yeah so my stage plans were solid um the only thing i would say negative that took place with me at area six was nothing more than um getting towards the end i was a little bit more tired than i normally am you know well so, yeah um, they do the the full day match. You're out there for eight hours or better. Right. So, but overall, like I said, Area 6, I had a great time out there. Um, I had a few mishaps with um, malfunctions, but Tom Powers, you know, he came over. He helped me out with the press, what he thought it might have been, and what I thought it was also was one of my magazines needed to be tuned. So now I got that one magazine pulled to the side and I only use that for my, um, my start magazine, put the one round in and yeah, then yeah. You know, when I barney okay. up, you know, take it out and then put the um, second magazine in. All right. So, um, so that's how that went down for me, but let's talk a little bit more about that when we come back from this little commercial break. So, Everybody, please stay in your seats and hear a few words from our sponsors. Hey, this is Brian Conley at Hunter's HD Gold. If you've never tried Hunter's HD Gold, then I challenge you to find me at a match next year. Go to the website under scheduled events, find out where I'm gonna be. Come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself. Find out why shooters across the United States are changing the Hunter's HD Gold to get 43% more light to their eyes, better contrast, eyes that are not fatigued at the end of the day based on the, the colors that we use, and find out the real meaning of why they change so you don't have to. So check us out on our website, huntershdgold.com, and I look forward to seeing you at the range soon. JM4 Tactical has developed a state-of-the-art polymer holster that will quickly become your go-to holster. With high quality Hermit Oak leather, securely sewn to the interior of the molded outer Bolteron shell, your draw becomes silent and no more scratches up and down your firearm. When seconds count, you can rest assured that you will have the upper hand when you need it most. Whether you carry open or concealed, the Relic Holster is available in four different models 
fitting over hundreds of different style guns. The new reliable, easy, light, individual carry holster by JM4 Tactical. Order your relic today at jm4tactical.com. Are you in the market to purchase your first or next firearm, but find the atmosphere of a gun store intimidating, crowded, or uninviting? There's a way for you to purchase the gun you want while avoiding the crowds, the gruff salesmen, and the marked up prices that come with a brick and mortar gun store. The process is called a transfer, where the purchase is made in an online store or it's sent to a federally licensed middleman called an FFL, who processes the paperwork and background check for a firearm purchase. CAE Transfers is the FFL with the lowest transfer cost in the Midlands at only $20 or $15 with the presentation of a South Carolina concealed weapons permit and $10 for repeat customers. If you live in Columbia, South Carolina or its surrounding areas, choose CAE Transfers as your FFL during checkout and let me help you complete your online gun purchase. You can find and follow CAE Transfers online at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using at CAE Transfers. Thank you for your business, and I look forward to seeing you soon. All right, we're back at it again, and right now we're doing a conversation piece where we're leading up to nationals, and we're still on Area 6. I can't express enough how much fun I had at Area 6, and I'm actually looking forward to doing it again next year. I am too. We're going to do it. The The match is actually going to be in North Carolina next year at a range, the same range that we shot the NC section match, which which we're going to talk about later. Correct. Um, but area six, I did not shoot quite as well as I had hoped, but I really had a great time. My, my dad actually came with me. Um, we took the trip down to Florida. So six hour trip or so. He called me like two days before um, we were leaving for the match and said he wanted to go. All right. Are you sure we're going to Florida in August? You sure you want to do that? Um, he had just bought a new truck and I think he just wanted an excuse to drive the truck. Right. But uh, he came out to with me and um, I was squatted with the uh, Glock team and uh, Lena Michelek from SIG, um, Jerry's daughter. Everybody knows Jerry Michelek. He's been right. shooting for 30 plus years or whatever, but. Um, I had a had a good time. Uh, really had a great squad. Enjoyed the match. Um, and I'll, I always enjoy matches out there at at the uh, Gorkers Range. And um, I, I had a good time. I wish I would have shot a little bit better, but I enjoyed it. My dad went with me. I think really this is the first match that he has come to, um, as far as USPSA goes. Right. I don't really know why that is, but it just worked out that way. And um, it was a great time. Got to spend a long weekend with, with my dad and got to shoot a good match. Good squad. Had a great time. Hey, that was it right there. Um, I can actually say the one thing, my claim to fame at Area 6, the only thing I can really brag about is that I actually beat Shane Coley on one stage. Yes. Yeah. That's it. That's that's all that you need. Yeah, that was it. One I was, stage. I want to beat him on one stage. And that was my favorite stage. And that was the one with all the steel that everybody was complaining about. Like a lot of people said they, they didn't like it. Just the poppers? It was like it six was all the poppers. poppers. Yeah, it went across and it was more like a memory stage in a sense of speaking. You know, but 
And again, I shouldn't have said memory stage because I know how you feel about memory stages. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's just me, I guess. Yeah. A lot of people like them for some reason. I think they're crazy, but some people <laughs> like them. Well, um, I, I enjoy memory stages. <laughs> I enjoy the challenge. And, you know, the challenge of figuring it out, figuring how you're going to shoot it, and, you know, just the overall end results of what's going to happen. But Yeah, it, it is a different challenge that you, you don't normally have on, on, you know, most of your stages, traditional stages. It's a different challenge for sure. Right. But, yeah, like I said, Area 6, it was it was a good fit. And one thing about Area 6 also, it was one stage that I was at, and I forgot the RO's name. And I wrote it down, but I lost a piece of paper that I wrote it on. He actually was ROing me and I turned around and I asked him, like, can I step back to this corner position? And he said, he can't let me step back because he already gave the make ready command. And I was like, all right, no, no harm, no foul. Let's, let's get it going. So we went ahead and shot it. It was that crazy stage where the still, you had to shoot the still practically on the other side of the stage. Um, yeah. It like kind of had like the crazy V or U up top, you know. And there were two pieces of steel like diagonal from correct breaking down on the opposite side. Of, yeah, I mean yeah, it was that stage. And we was walking after we finished shooting, we was getting ready to walk up to the next stage, and he ran up on me and he was like, Hey, um, you know, you're Michael Woodler, you know, M W Tactical. And I was like, Yep, that's me. He was like, I actually listened to the podcast. You need to bring it back. And I was like, yo, it's coming back. Trust me. <laughs> it's coming back. So, Very cool. Very yeah. cool. The RO that came up to me, I'm sorry I forgot your name. I wrote your name down on a sheet of paper, but I misplaced that piece of paper. But the M-W Tactical Podcast is back specifically for you. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, it, it was it was pretty decent. And um a lot of people did ask when we were going to bring it back, you know, when we were out there as well. Well, we intended on bringing it back a little bit earlier, but we had a lot of stuff going on, a lot of shooting going on, a lot of training we had to do. Right. Um, but it was, um, it was something, like I said, when we looked at it, because we was going to bring it back in October. But looking at the schedule, I was like, yo, that's too tough, man. We got to push this out to November. Well, man, everything, uh, because of the, the COVID setbacks, everything got pushed into like the, the a month or two in fall. Right. Normally, you know, they, they're spread out a little more than that. But we were we were busy almost every single weekend with a major match. Right. That's true. It's been a different year. It's been a well for everyone, for everything. It's it's been a crazy year. Let me ask you this. Um, what is your take on shooting in Florida? I enjoy it. I sh this year, I shot a lot in Florida. I started the year, well, before, let me see. In 2019, I ended 2019 with a match in Florida at that same range, um, Florida Invitational. And then... Uh, January, February, March timeframe, I shot the Florida Open, which is at Universal Shooting Academy. And then I shot the Florida State match at Universal Shooting Academy. They're both, they both take place beginning of the year. Florida Open's coming up again this year, soon in 2021. 
then I went back for a class with Keita Bussey at the Volusia, Volusia County range. Um, so that was December, January, February, March. I was there four months in a row. <laughs> I think I, I need to get a timeshare or something there. Um, and then we went back for area six. Um, I just went back there for, well, both of us just went back there for nationals, Universal Shooting Academy. I'm going back in December for the Florida sectional. <laughs> so wow. There's so many major matches going on in Florida. I, I enjoy it. You know, the weather normally is great. Mm-hmm. Um, they try to avoid the summer months when, when the weather is just kind of can be dangerous. I mean, when you get, you know, over a hundred degrees with a hundred percent humidity, but most of the stuff there in Florida typically happens in February and, or I'm sorry, in uh, fall and in the spring. I like it. It's um, I've enjoyed it this year. My, my take on Florida is I enjoy Florida every time I go to Florida. And when we got there for area six, I was so excited. I was like, yep, run straight to the stage. Let's start stage planning. Yeah. And halfway through it, that's when the humidity had hit me. And I was like, oh, it's going to be a hot one. It is, it is always humid. Man, oh man. <laughs> and of course, that's when I started my water plan. And whenever I go to Florida, I make it a point to drink at least a gallon of water a day. It's probably not a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> but I got to keep my rags with me also, my cooling down rags, you know, so I don't want to be a heat casualty. Definitely don't want to go get an IV. And because, you know, once you start talking funny and doing wonky movements and everything, <laughs> that's time to go ahead and sit down and get a, like some AC or. Yeah, you're kind of too too late at that point. Yeah, exactly. So and of course, everything I do is I do that to try to prevent that, especially when we was out there at Area 6. I want to say that day I drank two power aids in between, you know, like all the water I was drinking also. Yeah. You know, I always make sure to bring some, some power aid with me, um, along, you know, along with the water. But. Right. So, um. What was the most challenging efforts you had to put at the last area six? Like for me, it was nothing more than getting low, you know, like shooting and moving and getting low. Um, Another one was, even though I had the stage plan in my head, solid, at least I thought I did. One stage I blew past a port and I stopped instead of just continuing and picking it up on the way out, you know? So, but all those stages in my personal opinion were very technical minus the ones with all the steel, which were straightforward. Yeah. I kind of like that one. I think that was, it may have been stage one. It was on the first bay. I don't know if that was technically stage one or not with all the steel, but mm-hmm. I had uh, my, my trouble I think I was, well, I kind of created this problem for myself starting at the beginning of the year. And I didn't really realize it until after area six. Mm -hmm. And my dad actually, um, he was wanting to help. He's, he's not a shooter. 
but he, you know, he was there. He's just observing. He likes watching my videos on YouTube and whatnot, <laughs> but he's not a shooter, but, he, but he actually brought this up that I was taking too much time to aim. And I, I didn't really know. I didn't really pay much attention to it when he mentioned that the first time, but what I, my struggle ended up being, I was, I started the year off wanting to focus more on points. Um, I've been, I've been working a lot on movement, um, you know, efficient movement throughout a stage, stage planning, that kind of thing. And I, I want, wanted to make sure I was shooting as, you know, as accurate as I needed to be. And I ended up, I think I spent too much time on it because I ended up to where I was shooting too many points. Right. Um, there have been a couple of matches where I shot where I've, I had more points than anyone else had to match, but my time was slower because I was taking this extra time needed to shoot all alphas. Mm-hmm. And it's not quite so important uh, when you're shooting major power factor. You need to balance it out with the speed and, and points. And I was, I was favoring the point side a little too much, and it and it was costing me, um, you know placing placing in the match um so i was spending too much time you know confirming two good alpha hits and not transitioning quick enough i was just going too slow is your dad a analytical person i i apparently yeah <laughs> i was gonna say did he actually look at other people shoot compared he, yeah. to your skill level to them and yeah he was he was one of the i showed him a couple other videos of the guys um like from a super squad or whatever some other guys that i compete with that were um from the same match like lescar murdoch and um you know some of the other guys that shot that match mm-hmm. and he he did kind of compare and say well you know he's he's moving through there a lot quicker mm-hmm. and, and then he was and now i was spending a lot more time aiming when i when i didn't need to be hmm that's pretty remarkable that somebody who don't follow the sport, but just follow you, watch your videos, enjoy your videos, and then broke it down to you at an area six match, what they saw, what your issue was. And then it causes you to work on that even more. <laughs> That's pretty. Yeah. Remarkable. And it, well, he brought it up like that. And it took me a few days to think about it and, and, and actually, put it together on, on what I was doing. It was, uh, yeah, but yeah, I mean, he was right. (laughs) That's that's awesome. That's awesome right there. So like I said, I went into area six feeling good and all the local matches we were doing leading up to it. You know, I felt like, okay, I'm going to rock it. I felt like I rocked it. Um, Of course, every time you're there, you're doing something you always say to yourself, I know for me, one of the things is I know I can run harder and faster than I'm actually doing. But the one thing I'm scared of is if I was to actually explode the way that I know I can explode with running, I'm not going to focus on the safety aspect with the firearm in my hand, you know? So it's trying to find that sweet man with that, you know, it can be difficult. It's another balance, balance, balancing point there i'm man i look at my videos too and i'm like i i know i can run harder and explode out of position faster than i'm doing it and that's 
something I'm working on, man. I just, I need to get a little bit more speed throughout the stage and well, I, I understand. Once, once I, um, and I picked it up, it was on one of the Georgia or North Carolina state matches when whatever stage it was, I was shooting and I, I just told myself, you're going too slow. And I picked it up right, right then and there. And the faster rhythm felt a whole lot better to me than that planet cautious and just staying within the zone on the rhythmic pattern. But um, I, I, whatever it is, I, I feel like I'm close to getting it. And then you're going to see a whole different shooter, you know. I, I get into a, uh, I don't, I don't know what to call it, but there are times when I can push myself and I, I know that I'm moving faster mm-hmm. throughout the stage in my movements and transitions and everything are good, but I have a hard time separating my, my shooting, my actual trigger pull right. um, from the speed I don't need to pull the trigger faster while I'm doing all the movement faster. I need, I need to maintain my same trigger speed. So, so I still get the accuracy, but push everything else, you know, kind of to the limit of human function as Steve Anderson uh, would say it. I have, I, I have a hard time separating that because I end up, I push everything at the limit of human function and then I'm shooting way faster than I need to, and I'm throwing bad hits on targets. And um, that's kind of where I'm trying to figure out the balance right now. Well, I know one of the balance points that um, I was figuring out was I went to a lighter trigger earlier in the year, and then I was getting DQ'd like <laughs> three matches with that trigger. Quite, quite often. Man, so I was like, uh, something got to give. And then, of course, you know, you said you had a heavier trigger. So uh, leaf spring that made the trigger heavier. So yeah, you put that, that in saved you. Fire. Yeah, you put it in the firearm. I got comfortable with it. And then this was just a few weeks ago. I'm sitting there doing dry fire. And when I pulled the trigger, I was like, man, this is like a heavy trigger. Because I started noticing my front sight moving yep. whenever I would yeah. uh, prep the trigger and get ready to pull it. And I was like, yo, this trigger is extra heavy. So I asked you if I can use your um, trigger gauge. Mm-hmm. And when I was sitting in the room, you know, cause I did it at nationals and I was like, holy cow, my trigger pull is at five pounds. Is that, is that what it was? Five it was, pounds? It was five pounds. And I mean, really think about it. That was half the year of shooting. I'm shooting with a five pound trigger. Minus the couple times I got DQ with the lighter trigger. Yeah. So I don't know what the lighter trigger was because I never tested that one because I automatically went into adjusting that trigger to make the trigger on Big Sexy 2.5. So I started playing with it to get it 2.5. And so it's probably your three, three and a half, something like that, maybe. It, I don't know. That trigger was light. It was really light. Was it lighter than that? It was light. I, I sneezed to go off. <laughs> I, it may have been. I don't know. But um, but it's a huge difference. It, I I didn't really consider it when I um, I changed my trigger pull half a pound. Right. But but I was shooting a lot. Like I was shooting a two pound trigger. Right. And I changed it from a two pound to a pound and a half, which doesn't really sound like that much. But when you look at it percentage wise, that's 25% lighter trigger than what I was shooting. Mm-hmm. 
So if you if you're shooting a five pound trigger and you're going to a two pound trigger, that's even a larger percentage. <laughs> that's a huge difference. Yeah. When when you're when, as many you know dry fire sessions sessions as we do and as many rounds as we put through the gun, you're accustomed to that trigger, how, whatever it is, and then you you go changing it by twenty five to fifty percent, and it's a huge difference. Well, I can honestly say the past three days, I have not dry fired the way I normally dry fire. Literally, I will walk around with my belt on because I ended up getting a new holster also. And we're going to talk about that in a future episode. Yep. <laughs> so with the new holster, bringing the trigger pull down to 2.5, I'm just pulling it out and trying to find the wall without breaking the shot. But yeah, it's, it's almost like starting over. Yes. I, I sometimes dread doing stuff like that, like changing a holster or, or changing trigger pull because I've spent so much time, you know, with my current setup. So I don't want to start over again. I don't want yeah, to. That's the whole thing. But, uh, we don't like change. <laughs> you know, we're accustomed. Yeah. Uh, we're comfortable with what we are accustomed to. But, but I think the reason that people may want to consider stuff like that when, you know, when they're getting more into the competition side of it or because you can get better performance out of it and better results um, from, from better gear or uh, from a competition side of it, a lighter trigger pull can lessen the, you know, front sight movement, like you mentioned, right. which will, which will give you a little bit better accuracy. Um, you, you know, it, from a defensive pistol kind of standpoint, you gotta, you gotta weigh the, the benefits there, but it's, um, I think it's worth it, yeah. but it requires well the investment some, some effort and some time and some practice yeah. to put into it, it to get back to your comfort level. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Whereas the investment comes in, you investing in yourself the time you put into getting used to the gear is going to be the payout. So, yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It is definitely hard to do it first. Yes. Very hard. Very hard. Don't give up. Stick with it. But, I almost did. Well, we both kind of coincidentally ended up with new holsters about the same time, but right. we'll, we'll mention that later. Right. But um, moving forward into the show, um, like we said, we're back with season three and we're kicking off this episode of the m-w tactical podcast with a conversation with john browning and if you don't know who john browning is oh my goodness this guy is something like a phenomenon <laughs> <laughs> he is man, i shot man. with him a few times he shoots uh limited division uspsa he's currently in the uh army marksmanship unit yep. and he is one of the top shooters in the country yes so to before we leave to go on this break i'm going to tell you one story about john browning and you know reading up on him seeing the videos you know i was like okay this guy's really good at it went down to georgia one weekend to go spend time with the little assistant and decided to go shoot a match before leaving so coach b myself we went to this match and the way they do it at the range East Alabama Gun Club is unlike here, how you squad up before you get there. So you already know what squad you're going to. 
you pick yeah. your squats when you get there, you know, and it huh. kind of mixes things up a little bit. And I was How do you more do like, that? You yeah, just walk up to the registration table or whatever. Yeah. So the way Mark does it, his name, the match director for East Alabama Gun Club is Mark Crowder. And he used to work at AMU like back in the day. And he shoots open, phenomenal guy. <laughs> like he is an awesome. Okay, guy. cool. Um, and we should go down there, you know, because I plan on going at least four times next year. So we need to go down there one time together. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. And the way it works is when you pull up at the range, you're standing in line. And when you get up to the table, he'll ask you all the information, right? Um, like, what's your name? Because when you sign up on practice score, that's all you're putting in is your name and your, um, your USPSA number. So he'll ask you um, what you're shooting. And I think that's what you put on the um, checklist also on practice score and your class. He'll check you um, and then ask you what squad you're on. Like, and then on the board behind him, he has it broken down into squads and you just put your name on a squad. Right. Okay. So me and coach B, we just, put our names on the squad I was like yeah it's whatever you know we all going to shoot and it just so happened that on the squad was John Browning and um, Jacob Taylor on the same squad okay nice <laughs> it, was, it was just a coincidence how that happened and this is before I knew who Jacob Taylor was and I was like man this guy's like pretty awesome with it he's an open shooter also you know, so I was like, okay, cool. This is going to be a fun squad. And is normally, he with the a AMU? No, no, he, no. he was with the Ranger Bat. Like he, he was okay. a guy in the Army. So, you know, with the attitude of we can do anything, that's pretty much how the Rangers pride themselves. And they dedicate themselves 100% to whatever they're doing. And it shows with Jacob Taylor. You nice. Know? So being on that squad was like, being on a super squad out of place <laughs> for me, <laughs> you know? Oh man. No, it's a, well, I mean, you might can feel that way, but I, I shot area six with John Browning and Jacob Hetherington. They're both with the AMU um, two years ago, maybe. Uh, I, I, maybe the last two years, actually, we may have done it twice together, but you know, those guys are both amazing shooters. Jacob Hetherington shoots uh, production. He actually won the production national championship this year. And John Browning, like we mentioned, shoots uh, limited division. But those guys are great. They're fantastic to shoot with. But to finish that story, what actually ended up taking place at the end of the match, you know, because it was six stages. And when we went back and looked at the results, John Browning beat everybody. Like the next person under him was an open shooter. Yeah. And he beat him by 20%. Yep. Yeah. I was like, that is like impressive. I've never seen anything like that before. Not He's pretty impressive. <laughs> you know, but he, sh he shoots some plastic grip STI gun too. It says <laughs> <laughs> nothing special, but man, he can run it. Yeah, he, he ran the mess out of it there at his <laughs> club. But we're going to be talking with him in a little bit. So what we're going to do is let me ask the mad um, scientist, you have any other words you want to say before we go to this commercial break? Well, I wanted to try to uh, mention uh, my sponsors a little more 
this this go round. I just want to thank Gun Butter um, for the support, the Blue Bullets, um, Sharpshooters, Outdoor Range, and Shooters World Powder, as well as Hunters HD Gold. Thank you for the support, helping me do what I do. That's it right there. And um, just like always, the people that support us in the shooting community is what helps keep us into the shooting world and the shooting fold. And it goes back to one hand washes the other. So, you know, at the same time, I want to thank everybody who's a part of the gun industry that makes it possible for people like the mad scientist, Dave, and myself to shoot these matches, whether it be local or the higher platform matches. If you will, please stay in your seat. And here are a few words from our sponsors. Hey, this is Hutch with Phoenix Trinity. You're listening to M-W Tactical Podcast. What's up, good people? Thank you for taking the time and listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Please, go visit the M-W Tactical store at www.m-wtactical.com forward slash store and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two. If you haven't done so, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for M-W Tactical. The Gun Cleaners. Our solvent is, I think, second to none. Our lube is second to none. Their lube's heavier than water, which is just a huge thing. People don't really put a lot of thought into that, just how huge that is to have on your gun, especially if you can still carry. The Gun Cleaners. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, you're going to sweat a lot of the other lubes off. With ours, it'll stay there. The gun cleaners. And maintaining the quality of the process, the quality of the end result, is another. And you guys are able to do both with the process that you have there. Order your supply of the lube and the solvent at www.theguncleaners.com. I'm Jason Pratt, Masterclass USPSA shooter, owner of Brass Monkey Bullets. If you're interested in competition bullets, visit www.brassmonkeybulletsllc.com or call me at 423-967-1063. For more information, my email is brassmonkeybulletsllc at gmail.com. Thank you. All right, good people, we're back at it again. And this time I have someone here who is nationally acclaimed. Somebody who I look up to, someone who I shot with one time and it was totally unplanned. And at the same time, I was still in the wow factor after the match. Seeing someone shoot like this performance at a higher caliber in person has no comparison when it comes to video. So without further ado, I want to welcome John Browning to the M-W Tactical Podcast. How's it going for you, John? Oh, it's going great, man. Uh, I can't complain. I appreciate those kind words. Uh, it's going great. I'm happy to talk and uh, we can get at it. No problem at all. Oh, yeah, man. Um, well, one thing I can say is you the man. <laughs> I can honestly yeah. say that. <laughs> uh, I, I try to read it. Competition is pretty stiff out there some places. Uh, 
no, I, I love the game. I really enjoy shooting a pistol. Um, it's more of a, a personal uh, competition for me. I go in there with certain goals, and I remember how I was, you know, years ago, and then how I am now. So it's just a continuous process of trying to get better. Uh, every little thing, I try to go home and break it down and reattack tomorrow. But yeah. I really enjoy it. Uh, it's it's a passion of mine. So. Man, well, I can honestly say outside of the height difference between you and me, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I do look up to you <laughs> as far as um, the shooting sport and everything. And, yeah, well, thank you. No problem. And like literally looking at some of your videos and trying to break it down, I was like, okay, I think I got this. And I was like, nope, I'm not there yet. <laughs> Nowhere near yeah, it takes time. It really does. Uh, and that's what I enjoy about it is just – getting better and uh, setting goals with certain people you might want to beat one day. And then that happens. It just keeps going and going. And uh, the community is really awesome. That's another thing I really like about the USPSA community is everybody there is, is super nice. And uh, I can kind of relax there. I really enjoy that. Uh, met a lot of really awesome people in the community. You know, you can, you can set your bag down with, you know, $8,000 worth of pistols and go to your car and come back and you don't really have to worry about somebody picking it up. You know, that's, that's really cool. I, I like that, that kind of aspect of it. Um, but yeah. That's what it is right there. So let me ask you, who is John Browning and how did John Browning get started with shooting? Well, I, uh, I started taking it serious, uh, I guess in, 2010 uh, I started in steel challenge steel challenge was was my thing uh, with my my Glock 17 and uh, I, I really enjoyed that and then uh, some guys at the club there this was in California I was with uh, I was in the Marine Corps at the time I had just gotten off my my last deployment there and was a uh, had a buddy at, at that time that, Hey man, you, you ever heard of the steel challenge thing? There's a, there's a club, you know, it was in uh, Peru is right beside Corona. It's about, a, it's about an hour and a half drive North of uh, San Clemente in Southern California. But that's, that's where I really got my first taste of it. And then I, a few weekends after that, I shot my first USPSA match. And uh, I remember distinctly saying, wow, I, I, I ran over there and shot something and ran over here and shot something. I thought that was really cool. Um, so that, <laughs> that, that was kind of my, my opening thing. It was just a local match, but that, uh, was kind of kicking it all off. I didn't really realize how far I would take it from there, but that's really where it started. And then from there, I went to the Marine Corps shooting teams at Quantico and that's where I got the opportunity to, to get around and, and learn the game and, and, uh, shoot a lot more. And it just kind of took off from there. Um, it was a good break too from from deploying. Um, I had done four deployments at that point, and uh, I knew I, I knew I'd had at least two two and a half years there to to shoot and teach. Um, so that was that's kind of how I got started. But I didn't really go into steel challenge much further than that. Uh, just it's all been USPSA and three gun. I, I shot a lot of three gun at Quantico as well, um, but the pistol has really kind of taken my interest more than than anything else um that makes sense yeah it does it does 
Have you ever dabbled in three gun or two gun or even long range competition? I've never shot a long range competition. Um, I, I've shot quite a few three gun matches. Um, like I said, I got big into that as well. Uh, I shot the the Rocky Mountain three gun. I shot FN. I shot um, the Pro Am several years. I shot quite a few. I got to see all the big venues around. Uh, you know, the Marine Corps shooting teams wanted us to go around and, and shoot those big three gun matches. Uh, Rocky Mountain being my favorite because it did have a lot of long range. Um, it was a very physical match. I like that aspect of it. Um, but when we were back back at Quantico, I would find myself going to a lot of local USPSA matches. And mm-hmm. I had this excuse, well, well, if I can get given the pistol, I can get given the other two guns, which is not necessarily true. But uh, <laughs> but no, I that's. That's kind of how it was, but uh, there for a while it was exclusively three gun, um, but just by by choice I kind of went to to USPSA. It's uh, a lot more technical, in my opinion. Yeah, so. I've done a couple um, three gun competitions, and of course, it was when I was at Fort Benning there at AMU when I was introduced to three gun. Sure. And- it was a whole lot easier for me then compared to now because all it was was, hey, I need a shotgun. Hey, I need um AR. Just go get it. Get yeah. <laughs> but yeah now, there's, there's so much more to three gun. I mean, you got you got more bags, more ammo, more equipment, more more everything. Uh, it's it's like for me, I just thought it was just too much prep to enjoy it versus USPSA. Sure. You know, clean um, my gun. A day before the match, ammo is already loaded in the bag because that's normally not what no more than three hundred rounds at a local match. Sure. You yeah, know, that's, that's even when you got to do a reshoot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I like to bring a little bit more than what's required, you know, and it's it's not a as uh, what's the word? It's it's just not as tedious as having all. Make sure you have all your stuff. It's three gun, you know. You can have one bag and get in a routine and have it nice and set so you can start thinking about other stuff but so within uspsa um what's your favorite matches local state or area or even national sure well uh, when nationals is the one that i really um look forward to the most and it's the one that, that i really put all my eggs in one basket, you know, nationals is the one match that I see is, I don't want to say the one that matters, but it's the one that really means the most to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but my, my favorite matches as far as training and getting ready for nationals um, are the little locals that I go to, uh, to just send it, you know, I mean, you know, you can be a, a little more experimental, you know, you can play with things you think you need to work on, you know, on real time in a real match environment. Um, and the uh, and the area matches as well. Those those tend to leave a mark if you win one of those. Um, but I mean, I guess I like all of them. <laughs> but but uh, no, nationals for me is the culminating Super Bowl of the game. I, I really like going there because all the talents there. Um, you, you know, going into it, you really got to bring everything. Uh, if you just go into nationals, I've learned through failure that you go into. Oh, I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing. You know, I'm gonna shoot a lot of points and do this and that, you know, and yeah, I'll be all right. That's not true. You gotta, you gotta send it as hard as you can at nationals. Cause there's a lot of people there that are, 
that are have been shooting a lot longer than you. So right. it's um it's intense. So I, I really enjoy nationals the most. Um and it's usually at the end of the year for limited, so I can I got all year to get ready and iron out everything that I've done wrong. So Well, the best part about it is this past nationals match what actually ended up taking place you took second in the limited right yep yep i did and that was my my best performer so far second i last year i was sixth and the uh, the year before that i was fifth and then uh fifth again like i've been fifth fifth sixth and now second so well, next year is your year then. <laughs> i'm fine man yes yeah, it's, it's intense it's a I'm gonna be it's right it. there behind you next year. <laughs> Heck yeah. Now you know. Um. Also, what actually ended up taking place. Um. There's a group of us in the area I live in, in Columbia, South Carolina, and everybody wants to be better at shooting. So, I kept telling everybody, if you want to get better, we got to get out of the area because it's just like if you're playing basketball with the same people. You're not. Sure playing for the sport now you're playing against somebody's specific moves right and i kept saying hey let's go down to the fort bidding area because there is premier competition down there and a lot of people was more like okay yeah we'll do it but when it came to it nobody really wanted to travel sure you know of course me and coach b we packed up one weekend we came down there and that was the weekend we shot with you Awesome. And she even stated like how much she liked it and the difference. And she's, you can see how you get better. And like I told her, I was like, majority of the people that was out there shooting was from the Ranger bat. You know, 90% of the people out there was military. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, that, that, local match, that match has a lot of military presence. It's, it's pretty yeah. legit. Yeah. But um, I will say like, I said it this year that I was going to make it a point to go down there at least four times in a year just to go down there and shoot. But of course, with everything that was going on with me schedule wise, it wasn't, it only prevented me or permitted me to go one time this year versus four. But next year, I'm going to be down there a lot more, (laughs) you know, please. Awesome. Look forward to seeing you. Yeah. That's a, that's a close one for me. I I also shoot up in uh, Atlanta, the, uh, South River uh, Gun Club and the uh, the River Bend there. I shoot those two as well. Um, South River kind of goes back for me. I used to shoot the the uh, muzzleloader uh, silhouette match in South River. I was a little bitty kid there. My my father he introduced me to that uh, shooting muzzleloaders at steel um, at South River. So every time I go there, I always think of that. I always see the the range down there it's still there, um, but. South River, because I grew up about you know, 45 minutes from South River. Right. Um, so that one's pretty cool. But that's a little closer for you, too, if you're coming from Carolinas. Oh, yeah. Now, did you do the Georgia State match this year? I did. I did. There. How did you do out there? I, I won limited there. Um, that was uh, River Bend. That right. was a good one. Yeah. Uh, now, I shot that one, but the only thing I did – I only compared myself to like whoever was around me. I didn't look to see who won it or anything yeah. else because I was like in a zone and I was working on something specific. You know? That's awesome. 
yeah, I, I do the same thing uh, for certain matches. I'll go in there wanting to focus on one thing, and, uh, you know, that's that's my goal. You know, I have certain things I, you know, is kind of default that I really want to do, and then other things I want to work on that I feel like I haven't been as good at lately. So Right. So now, how does your normal practice regime, what does that look like for you? Uh, well, mainly uh, – if I haven't shot in a while, if I haven't practiced in a while, I'll do a lot of really basic stuff for, uh, for that day. I've, I'm kind of blessed. I, I get, I get, I have a range and, you know, I'm, AMU really enables us to shoot quite a bit. Uh, if we're not teaching or doing, you know, other tasks that have to be done, you know, we have the ability to train. So I've broken it down to about three to four days a week. Uh, but like I said, if I haven't been training lately, um, the first day is a really hard effort at really basic stuff. Uh, I'll hit a lot of loads. I'll shoot some, uh, some slow fire stuff at steel, uh, you know, trying to always go one for one, uh, little small movements, little two, three yard movements coming into a position and uh, shooting a paper target and then one steel. And I'll do that for uh, 150 rounds, maybe, um, take a little break and then do that exact same thing over, uh, until about lunch. Um, and then, eat lunch and then I'll uh, do something left to right. I have this thing with, with shooting with shooting here, then moving to the right and shooting here uh, with either it's a big open paper target or a, uh, a really tight partial at, uh, at both ends. Um, and I'll do that after lunch. And that's a day, you know, uh, five or 600 rounds. And then the next day we'll focus mainly on movement and trying to uh, get into a position the exact same way every time, not stumble or, not over penetrate or not, you know, stop too early, just them little details in the entrance. And then uh, a little thing I call site collection. Uh, that's a, a huge portion of my training is, is staying really good with site collection. So what I mean by that is when I'm coming into position, I really always want to, I don't ever want to be waiting on the sites. So, and it's, it's easy to do, especially if you're coming in and you have to do something. If you're coming into an entrance and you have to do something like turn or, uh, or point the gun down or point the gun in a spot where the target's at specifically, uh, it's easy to not have your sights, but you're looking at the target. So I'm trying to get away from that. I'm trying to always have sights. Um, not necessarily shoot when I have them, but just never waiting on the sights. Um, so that day will be more of something like that. And then the third day will be uh, basically a mini stage, and uh, we'll shoot it every which way we can shoot it. Um, backwards, forwards, um, it'd be enough, enough shooting to make you reload. Um, and that's really about it. And that's a, that's a pretty good training week there. Um, but certain matches I'll train, I'll change my training plan as well. You know, certain matches have different flavors, you know, like, um, Florida opens a really good example. There's a lot of really tight partials there. There's a lot of hard shots. There's swingers with partials on them, you know, very demanding accuracy shots. So, if I'm going to shoot that match, I'm going to shoot a lot of really hard targets um, far away and uh, really make it kind of suck. <laughs> but uh, that one, that kind of training really prepares me for that match. So um, I, I will adjust according to the match that I've shot before. Right. Um, but not all of them repeat themselves. You know, sometimes I'll go shoot a match this year that I shot last year. And it'll be completely different. So it's not necessarily a, a good way to be, but I like to kind of adjust after what I've learned from the match. Um, so. I, I know that um, 
the Georgia match, I felt the swingers at the Georgia State match was way difficult than it was at Nationals. There, there were a couple there that were, were pretty spicy. Yeah, yeah, but Nationals had further shots. <laughs> so, sure. you know, and I wasn't upset about it. I was like, you know, I, I love the challenge. I love the challenge. Now, one thing, one thing you did say was how you don't like to wait for the sites. Mm -hmm. And all my videos that I take of myself that I put on Instagram and Facebook, I actually study my videos and awesome. that's how I kind of cater my training. And as soon as you said that, I was watching one video today and I was like, I should have had the gun up way coming into that position instead sure. of bringing it up, you know? So I, I can show yeah. that to you as well. So you can see it. Let me share it. Uh, no problem. Can you see it? Yeah, I got it. All right. So this was stage 19, of course. The one with oh, yeah. the 35-yard target. It was a very demanding stage. It was not super easy to just flow through. You really had to have your game. So now coming into this position is when I should have already been there. So did I you didn't know that. I mean, you, you, you had the gun up there. Uh, there you go. Rewind it. And then... So when you look at it right here, yeah. So I wouldn't say it was side collection. It was more of breaking down the entrance into that position. Um, you had an abrupt, you know, stop there. You're quick, but I like to kind of slow down into the right at the entrance. Um, and then obviously side collection happens there. Right. Um, but yeah, that, that, that didn't look too bad, man. I mean, it's, so if you break that down into a drill, you can just have one target at whatever distance you want and then have a place on the ground you have to shoot it from. And then you start, you know, close and then keep going further and further away and making the movement, you know, further away. Mm -hmm. um, so the entrance is more, more emphasized, I guess. Yeah. Um, and it was maybe about six or seven months ago. My buddy Wally Burbage. I don't know if you know him or not. Yeah, I know Wally. The, the Burbage. Yeah, Wally. <laughs> um, yeah, Wally's a great guy. And yeah, yeah. he was actually telling me, he was like, Hey, I think whenever you're leaving one position and going to another position, you need to focus on coming in with the gun already up and ready to pull. Yeah. And I've been working on that. And then I noticed something else and then I stopped doing it. You know sure. how it goes. Yeah, there's a lot. Exactly, there's yeah. a lot to it. You're, our brains want to focus on everything. Uh, right. Yeah, a, a really good shooter of mine told me a few years ago. It's like we're processing a lot of things really fast, hmm. especially on a fast stage. So like a 10, 12 second stage with with 20 rounds. I mean, you're you're thinking about all kinds of stuff hmm. in a short amount of time. So it's it's hard to do everything perfect. It really is. Um, so he told me that, and I kind of realized that, wow, we are. We're all, you know, processing a lot of stuff um, fast, so. On one stage, um, I can't remember what stage number it was, but it was the one where pretty much you had to straddle the stick, and then when it started, everybody went up to the top triangle and then came back and shot the, the four steel with the two swingers on it. Oh, yeah. Okay. That one cardboard um behind the like banner in a sense yeah 
Yeah, you had to get all the way into that corner to see it. Yeah. <laughs> what what I did, as soon as I shot the still and I missed the still two times, I panicked and I forgot that one target behind that banner. Yeah, I've done the same thing. Yeah, I was like, oh my goodness. So um, that was a tough stage too. That stage had a lot going on. Um, yes, yeah, my brain was about wide open about a minute before the timer went off, man, it was nothing else on my mind. Uh, that was, there was a lot of stuff that I really wanted to nail on that one because it, that stage in particular was really easy to have a, a bad time on. Right. Shoot really good, but there's that stage was really easy to have a, a slow time on because of all the sh- stuff that was required uh, on that one. But hmm. Now on the swingers, do you actually break it down enough time? Whereas, when you shoot the steel, you know your timing, what you can do before you engage the swinger, or do you just go with the flow? It depends, man. Uh, that's a really good question. Uh, so you kind of just, if you if you shoot enough swingers, you kind of realize what you personally can always nail and what you personally cannot always nail. At least that's how I've gotten. Um, if it's one that's wide open, um, whether it swings fast or slow, that doesn't really bother me anymore. But if it's wide open and there's a lot of options, uh, depending on how well I'm doing in the match, I'll take the most, the most, the fastest, I guess you could say riskiest route. Uh, but if I'm, if I'm down a little bit, I might do the same thing. It just, like I said, it just depends on how I'm doing at the match. Um, but as far as actually executing the swinger, the main thing I, I, the first things I, you know, evaluate is how far away it is and what I'm trying to do before I shoot the swinger, i.e. activator, and then I call, I call them pickup targets. Right. Um, so if I shoot an activator and I got a wide open paper, you know, that's an easy gimme, and the swinger's really easy, I'll, I'll look for something else to do as well. So I guess to answer your question, uh, you just got to kind of learn what type of swingers you can always nail regardless of the timing and, and what kind are – are more difficult for you personally um and don't get wrapped up in your squad now you might have somebody in your squad that can that is a swinger master you know and you see him do something you know that doesn't mean you can do it and doesn't mean you should do it um so i learned that the hard way a a long time ago as well so i I really broke it down with swingers Uh, but basically if it's if it's not very far away and it's a big one meaning a, a lot of available target area. Um, I'm okay with, with doing pretty much anything, but if it's further away and it's uh, and it's a smaller exposure, i.e. profile size, I'll play it safe. I'll usually go the safe route with that one uh, because the risk is so, it's not realistic for me to do something um, super risky and fast on that because what I would have to gain, because the guy that might beat me, you know, his difference in what I do in the conservative way um, may not necessarily be as much as people think. Right. So you just got to kind of learn what, what you know you can execute perfectly and what you can't, and then use that threshold there um, to, to do it at the match. But uh, it's tough though, because you only get one run. So it, yeah, it can exactly. be, <laughs> <laughs> you get one run, there's no alibis, there's no redos. So, it's tough. Yeah. But don't be discouraged by moving targets. They're, they're, they're hyped up a little more than, than what they really are. Um, but just basically the distance and the size of the, the available profile, use that first, you know, answer those questions and then decide what your plan is going to be. 
um, basically. So now on one stage, I'm sitting there and I was gaming it and I was like, oh, I can get a reshoot on this. But the only reason why I didn't want to take the reshoot because of the swinger. And you know how it is with the reshoot gods at times. It won't probably won't turn out as good the next go around. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's there's always a plethora of thoughts in the back of your head, you know, at the match, man. Um, but you know, in training you can as far as the skills in training is where you you get the confidence uh, with the gun and shooting and you know, just raw marksmanship. That's the training. Um, but the, the match is the test, and you're not going to get any better at the match. Right. So that's that's pretty much how I see it. So I, I I bring my little bag of skills and see how well they do at the match. Hey, that's it right there. Now um, to let you know, um, as I told you at nationals, we have. The Toys for Tots match that's taking place here in Columbia, South Carolina at Mid-Carolina Rifle Club, awesome. November 14th and 15th. Okay. If you go to registration right now, it will look like it's closed. Everything is in red, but there's still open spots there. Okay. So if you want to do that, um, either let me know or contact Miss Linda Chico. Um, oh, yeah. On, um, the, the sign-in. And I spoke with her today and I told her I advised you and y'all might be coming down. And then also we want to actually give y'all a special invite to come shoot the 2021 Lead Star Arms Palmetto State Armory South Carolina Sectional USPSA Championship. That was a mouthful. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've shot that one before uh, up there in South Carolina. It's been a while. But, uh, you know, I've got them on my calendar when we talked the, the other day there at Crossproof, and uh, mm-hmm. I will definitely keep that on here. I've got my, my calendar with reminders on there and everything. So. Yeah. so that one is taking place in Belton, South Carolina, and your buddy, Lucky Gray, is one of the assistant oh, yeah. directors on, for that match. I know Lucky, yeah. yeah. Good, good folks. Yeah, yeah, he's a good guy, you know. But, yeah, yeah. He just doesn't realize I'm about to destroy him at this Toys for Tots match. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> All right. So it was a good thing with talking with you because you are really one of the most humblest people I've met in the shooting community. Ah. I mean, literally, like talking with you, you're more like, yes just something that just happens but this is what i do <laughs> you know <laughs> you don't have no ego with it and i was like man i really like this guy you know and just watching you walk and how your movements are and how you do your prep before a match on a stage it's different but it is phenomenal at the same time with the end results you know so well thank you yeah but like i say you are the man so <laughs> <laughs> I, there's always ways I can get better. It just just takes time, man. Now, like I said, I, it's a it's a personal thing for me. Um, I I really enjoy it. I got some goals in my head, you know. Really want to make them and then exceed them. But right. no, I, I really enjoy it. Uh, that's all. But. Man, that's what it comes down to. So, anytime you want to, you are more than welcome to come back on the M W Tactical Podcast and talk about sure. anything you want. The door is open for you. 
Cool. Yeah, no, it's, this is awesome. I've, uh, it's actually the first podcast I've ever uh, I've ever really done. I've, I've, I, can, uh, I can put that in my book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. I've answered some questions offline, you know, a lot, but I've never done a, a real podcast like this. No. Oh wow! Yeah. So, yeah, like I said, I enjoy it. So, any last words you want to say, like far as people can watch your videos, contact you, or social media? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm, Totally open to uh, any questions, you know, as far as matches and, and the game. Uh, it's, it's super cool. And like I said, you know, the, the community is a really awesome part of it. I just, I've met a lot of really cool people since I started shooting. Uh, just super down to earth. Just just good folks. With, you know, we all got something in common. And it's really neat. I, I thoroughly enjoy the community. It's, it's good, good stuff. Right. All right. So... Please stay in your seats and hear a few words from our sponsors. Are you in the market to purchase your first or next firearm, but find the atmosphere of a gun store intimidating, crowded, or uninviting? There's a way for you to purchase the gun you want while avoiding the crowds, the gruff salesmen, and the marked up prices that come with a brick and mortar gun store. The process is called a transfer, where the purchase is made in an online store and sent to a federally licensed middleman called an FFL who processes the paperwork and background check for a firearm purchase. CAE Transfers is the FFL with the lowest transfer cost in the Midlands at only $20 or $15 with the presentation of a South Carolina concealed weapons permit and $10 for repeat customers. If you live in Columbia, South Carolina or its surrounding areas, choose CAE Transfers as your FFL during checkout and let me help you complete your online gun purchase. You can find and follow CAE Transfers online at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using at CAE Transfers. Thank you for your business, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Hey, this is Brian Conley at Hunter's HD Gold. If you've never tried Hunter's HD Gold, then I challenge you to find me at a match next year. Go to the website under scheduled events, find out where I'm going to be. Come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself. Find out why shooters across the United States are changing the Hunter's HD Gold to get 43% more light to their eyes, better contrast, eyes that are not fatigued at the end of the day based on the, the colors that we use, and find out the real meaning of why they change so you don't have to. So check us out on our website, huntershdgold.com, and I look forward to seeing you at the range soon. The Gun Cleaners. Our solvent is, I think, second to none. Our lube is second to none. Their lube's heavier than water, which is just a huge thing. People don't really put a lot of thought into that, just how huge that is to have on your gun, especially with concealed carry. The gun cleaners. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, you're going to sweat a lot of the other lubes off. With ours, it'll stay there. The gun cleaners. And maintaining the quality of the process, the quality of the end result, is another, and you guys are able to do both with the process that you have there. Order your supply of the lube and the solvent at www.theguncleaners.com. Thank you for taking the time to hang out with us on the M-W Tactical Podcast. Remember, a new podcast comes out every Tuesday. If you can't wait for Tuesday, go listen to past episodes to catch up on what you missed. Make sure you visit www.m-wtactical.com and see what all is offered on the site where you can even purchase M-W Tactical apparel. But please, 
Go to our Facebook and Instagram page and follow us on our journey in the sport of competition shooting and the realm of the two-way community. Until next week, keep shooting, keep practicing, and have fun.